Hey everybody, welcome to The Student is Always Right, the show where the process is the product. I'm David Stotner, joining me is Alex Moore. Every week we bring you an original story idea from scratch, conceived by the brilliant minds here at Loyola Marymount University. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. For those of you who haven't joined us before, this show takes a specific writing element as the basis for a story. The catch is, the story is completely extemporaneous, and we only have two 20 or 30 minute segments to tell it. But we're not alone. Each week, a guest from one of LMU's many major departments will join us to bring their unique creative processes to the table. And we'll be asking them reflection questions throughout to find out how creativity plays a role in their discipline. So without further ado, it's time to introduce this week's guest, Bossy Lynn Bianco. Hello. Thank you again for joining us on this lovely podcast. Oh, of course. Just the the first question to get us started today is very much like syllabus week. Um, <laughs> give us Sounds your name, good. major, and favorite genre, whether that's a book genre, play genre, etc. Um, okay. Well, my name is Bossy Limbianco. I study electrical engineering as a major and dance as a minor. My favorite genre, I really, I enjoy sci-fi. A lot like the interstellar arrival type mm. of movies oh arrival so good you know? <laughs> i <Yeah>. love arrival <laughs> i think those are um really cool especially i really um love seeing things um in the future with all the technology i kind of geek out over that so that's really cool for me i guess also i really enjoy musicals i don't know if that's a genre i think it's it would cool. qualify, <laughs> qualify. I think, yeah that's definitely a genre I I really have always loved musicals in their way that they can have like story with strong characters, but they also add music elements and also, you know, this kind of pure entertainment element. I enjoy that combination. And I think um, the ones that are good can be really powerful too. So yeah, I think I'd say those two. You're a performer too, right? Yeah, I'm a, outside of LMU. I train as a circus performer um, and I specialize in aerial rope, which is like a, a rope that hangs down from the ceiling and also juggling and acrobatics. <laughs> That's awesome. That is honestly That's so amazing. cool. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So our first reflection question is, what role does creativity play in your field of study? I'd say maybe more on the, on the engineering side in terms of my like, major, I think creativity plays a role, especially when we're designing different products or experiments. Um, for our lab classes, we usually just get like a, a memo or a problem statement, like build, uh, this was actually one of our labs this, this year, was to build a headband, um, social distancing headband. So there was like a distance sensor on it and there was a buzzer that would beep when someone came within six feet of you. And so <laughs> was that you would wear the headband like outside and the sensor would be on the back of your head so that like you could detect people if they came within six feet behind you. So <laughs> that was one of the labs that we had, but that's pretty much all we get in terms of like what the, in terms of what we need to build and the rest is pretty much up to us. So within my class, like everyone has a really different, has different designs, has different approaches, has different code to, to program the apparatus. And so it's really interesting to see the different like creative approaches people take to building the same product. I've been starting to do some research intertwining my major of engineering and also circus arts. Um, over the summer, I made a project where I sewed an accelerometer onto an acrobatic shoe and tracked the acceleration of um, an acrobat while they performed different um, acrobatic skills, such as cartwheels, backflips, back handsprings. 
And I use that data to create um, digital art pieces. So you get like art pieces that respond to the performer's acceleration. Oh. And <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, wait, thank wait. you. J just if you don't mind me asking, are you the acrobat? I am. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I am. And so one thing I kind of learned from that experience was when I had to do the, the acrobatic skills and sequences, I needed to perform them in such a way where I got the most interesting art pieces generated from the data. And so if the data is acceleration, that means that I need to have a really large change in velocity for anything to show up on the screen, uh, for any data to show up. So I have to make my, my movements um, increase really quickly or, or else nothing's gonna show up. So that kind of informed and challenged me creatively as an acrobat to come up with new ways of moving that would make the art uh, prettier or more pleasing. That's good. That's insane. How do you do all that? I don't even, <laughs> I can't comprehend. <laughs> that is just, oh my God, I'm floored. That is just so yeah, me too. cool. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate it. Man, I feel like we're going to have a blast in today's episode. And <laughs> you, ahead of time, suggested this week's creative element, which Dave and I both find to be mm -hmm. very exciting. And that's like villains and antagonists. What about that like appeals to you? What's the draw for you? Oh, well, you know, I think stories are only as good as their villains because you can have a, a protagonist that is well-developed, but if they don't come into conflict with anything substantial, then it, it doesn't do much for the story. And I also think antagonists can play a really important role in, in changing the audience's mind. You know, sometimes we see villains that will change over the course of the story and become good or become part of like the protagonist team. And I always find those stories really interesting because you can like empathize with them more and they become like more real people instead of great huge dooms of evil trying to destroy everything. I definitely agree with all that. I think villains, they're, honestly, to me, they're the most important part of the story because a story without a good antagonist, it can be so kind of dull. I know that there's a lot of good stories that don't use primary antagonists where they're like battling against like, well, even then, like even like a force of nature is sort of like its own antagonist. I just think that it's completely necessary for stories. Yeah. Uh, so mm -hmm. that right away brings us into the pre-storytelling is where we just like establish what we right. actually, like what we want the story to be. Is there a genre you really love? that you think we should explore today? I don't know. Maybe we could discuss the villains part more and then maybe a genre will come out. I, I think, know. no, that's actually a great suggestion. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so what kind of what kind of villain are we looking looking at? Are we looking at, like... Do <laughs> <laughs> you want... The like, sinister. Like <laughs> okay, well, I guess, you know, in, in thinking about, like, different types of villains that exist already, you have, like, your traditional villain that's, like, maybe, like, your classic Disney villain in the princess movies, like Cruella de Vil and like Maleficent. They're probably more of the classic, like evil for evil's sake, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I was even thinking about like, sometimes there are villains, kind of like you were saying, like forces of nature or villains that are not a person or a thing, but more like a concept or idea. I remember watching this short film it was called Blind Vaisha. In this story, there was this girl 
and she could only see the past out of her left eye and the future out of her right eye. And it was about her story about like how she kind of lives through life without ever seeing the present because she never lives in the present moment. Well, she li- her physical body lives in the present moment, but she doesn't see the present. And I always thought that concept was really interesting because there's not really a villain that the concept of like her not being able to see the present is like the antagonist. Huh. I don't know where that takes us. I just thought of that. Well, <laughs> um, no, I, I actually, I am actually really into the idea of like maybe like a quality of the protagonists being the antagonist. So it's like sort mm-hmm. of the internal struggle manifesting as an external struggle. We could go that route. But we could also do the like the more classical antagonist route where we try to redeem him by the end. Because I really like this idea, but it's very it seems very difficult to <laughs> <laughs> That's true. To develop. We could like cut it through the middle and have the antagonist just reflect those qualities and not like actually be a manifestation, but sort of like just like a foil. Like so if the protagonist has like some quality about them, like they're full of self-doubt, then we'll just make the antagonist sort of embody that. That seems like a pretty happy medium. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm down. Let's go for it. Just to to break down how this is gonna look for us. We have two 20-minute segments. The first one is going to be total brainstorming, dumping all the ideas out, like what the villain looks like and whatever. And then we'll have a midpoint reflection after that first 20 minutes is over. And then the second 20 minutes will be devoted to just sort of fleshing out everything. I mean, it's really mostly just all kind of creative flow the whole time, but it's it's broken up intentionally so that you have like a moment to reflect and see what you could improve. So that's basically uh, the main structure and um did you have any any questions about like our approach before we start no i'm good to go all right in that case we're going to start the first 20 minute timer in three two one okay so this this villain (laughs) <laughs> I think I think I think David and I really enjoy sort of waiting in the in the like silence mm-hmm. after every after the episode timer starts. <laughs> so the be- I feel like villains that are supposed to reflect like anxiety and self doubt are typically people that like really bring that to the protagonist's attention like frequently. And I don't know if that's like through their actions or through their words, like either direct attacks to them or sort of indirect actions. I mean, literally the first thing that came to mind for me was like, just like a school bully, maybe not like a bully. It's like, they're not intentionally being the antagonist, but it's like just the way that they behave and the things that they do cause that. I like that. I like that approach. I like the, that they're not trying to be like this evil, terrible person. That's just kind of a side effect of who they are. Yeah, I actually was thinking of school bullies as well right when you mentioned right before you mentioned that. So yeah, I think I'm on on the same page. So is our story gonna take place at a school? I was I kind of envisioned more high school. Yeah, that's, that's what, what I was thinking mind. too. Yeah. Let's go but... high school. Let's go high school. <laughs> and do we wanna do like prep school or do we wanna do like normal high school? Prep school's kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay, we should do we should do prep school. So like already there's this sort of this sort of attitude. Got the uniforms. Yeah, uniforms and like kind of snootiness and who knows. Maybe maybe the main character is like 
fish out of water in the sense that they maybe they they have a, like a scholarship or something or like a or something that enables them to Ooh. attend and they wouldn't usually mm. be able to attend they're surrounded by all these people that are kind of like super you know rich their parents are are paying for for their prep school for them and this person's kind of just you know they're doing their best they're high achieving but they still feel like a this a, sounds like my high school experience already <laughs> Let's name the character David. All right, I'll be. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe this will be perfect. You can you can draw from. I, yeah, I can draw from my past. I can tell you all about that interesting experience I had. Back to what you said, Alec. Maybe like one of the parents got like a teaching job there, and so then the kid is like able to go there for for Ooh. free. Oh, I like and that. So they have to like move to like this new city. I like that idea, and maybe. I was kind of thinking of doing some sort of like tricky reversal. If we're, if we're thinking about villains, right, this main antagonist could be sort of, you know, the snooty, high achieving, whatever kind of preppy. Well, I guess everyone's preppy. It's a prep school, but like the, the snooty. The preppiest? Yeah, the, pre the preppiest. <laughs> they could be that foil. But then maybe like the real antagonist could be like, I don't know, the parent who's a teacher, you know, or it could be um, the sister. Yeah, or there could be somebody who's like a very kind of obnoxious bully type, but they end up actually being a really close friend to the main character. So like the two reversals that I'm thinking is either somebody that seems like mm. they would be a close friend ends up being the villain, or somebody that seems like they would be a villain ends up being the close friend. And those aren't actually, those two things aren't necessarily exclusive from one another. Both of those things could easily happen. Or maybe, oh, what if it was a two perspectives kind of thing, where like... Both of them consider the other to be like a like an antagonist. Oh, mm. wait, that's great. So mm. like, and there's like a constant misunderstanding between them. But what if they act, they they could end up just being like really good friends if they had a better understanding of one another, <gasps> or perhaps oh go if ahead. They fall in love. I was gonna say yeah. What if they fall <laughs> yeah. in love? That's, yes, that's great. <laughs> oh my god, we're gonna cry. <laughs> <laughs> wait, that would be so cute. Yeah. So like the redeeming, oh that's oh my god! So the redemption arc Aww. of both of like the re of the respective villains is they end up falling in love with each other. That's perfect. Okay, wow. Now we now it's just a matter of wow. making a story. Yeah. <laughs> I feel so wholesome. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. I think we should give the characters like some names so we can identify them. One of them's David. Who's the other one? I don't know, Fossey. Do you have? I don't know. Any suggestion? I would, Do you have a name you really like? Um, if you had to name your child right now, <laughs> what would you name them? Oh my god, right now? Um, like Chase? David and Chase. Oh, that's a, such a shippable couple. David and Chase. <laughs> David. Chavis. Know, Chase just Their couple name is... <laughs> Chavid? Yeah, Chavid. I don't like Dace. Chavid is way better. I think Chase came to mind because that's what I kind of thought of as more of like the like more of a like king of the like preps preppy. kind of name yeah yeah exactly that's what I was kind of thinking <laughs> he's kind of like you know the the more popular kid mm -hmm. all right hashtag Chavid <laughs> hashtag Chavid <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh. So let's let's explore sort of their initial impression of the of the other person. What does what does David think of Chase? He thinks he's full of himself. I'm thinking, full of himself, 
and like exclusive yeah only surrounds himself with people that i don't know they deem worthy you know oh no poor david's internet oh, no. is dying <laughs> wow is that really what you think of chase david <laughs> Um, Obviously not a very good person. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, David's gonna be separated. I know. I don't. I, I, okay. I, I, <laughs> what are David gonna do during the pandemic? <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Just continue from where you were, and I'll try to catch up. Oh, so we were. I mean, I think while you were cut out, we were just saying that it's hard for us to envision what Chase would be thinking because we've met more chases than we've met david's you know oh i feel did you mean like like we see ourselves as more of a david and we've met a lot of chases yeah like are we chases or are we davids that's a great question any any person is either a chase or a david <laughs> yeah what <laughs> <laughs> in, in high school did you see yourself as more of a chase or a david i think i was more of a david I think I was more of a David too. I would agree with that. So we I were feel, all David. So we're all we're David. David. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Chase is going to be poorly represented. I know that's, that's that's how I feel too. Right from the outset, we were saying that we wanted to, you know, develop sort of him as as the villain. So maybe that's you know that's where most of our creative energy should be going anyway. Is just trying to think mm, of this is true. What his motivations would be? Maybe Chase just wants to get to college. Maybe that's his big thing. Like, what kind of college are we talking? Because it, it, it depends, you know, is he... Is Maybe, he... like, it's Harvard. Maybe he really wants an Ivy League, and he's, like, trying to work really hard for it. Mm -hmm. But it sort of comes across as him being preppy. What if he, like, is, like, really wants to go to Harvard, and, like, he's, like, trying to go all big, but then he, like, doesn't get in? Chase wants to get into a really high-tier Ivy League school. So he's doing, like... A bunch of extracurriculars, do you know what I mean? Like, he's class president? Yeah, he feels like he needs to act, like, super high and mighty because he understands mm -hmm. the sort of the admissions process for Ivy League schools looks like. So he just feels like he has to overperform. So maybe part mm -hmm. of his motivation, what might seem to David to be, like, I don't know, just being kind of a tool is actually just him feeling like he needs to prove himself. I was going to say, like, maybe his, his backstory is included in that, like, he always felt like he had to prove himself maybe to his parents or someone else mm -hmm. that he feels like this is the way he can do that mm. Mm. i was thinking what if david is more like kind of anti-school system vibe like he's like yeah i don't see any point in like oh. being you know like mm. you know doing all these things you know like anti can't really think of the word, but we're going to go with anti-school. Yeah, I, I get what you mean. <laughs> and, and then maybe when he, like, meets Chase, he, like, starts to try to, like, do better in school and get good grades and, like, do more extracurriculars to try to prove himself to Chase. Oh, wow. Because um, he feels like that's what mm. he wants. But in the end, it's not about that because he should like David for who he is. But maybe he tries to. Yeah, but that's what maybe you know? makes them, like, mm -hmm. yeah, opposed to each other for a while is because they... They just don't like each other's, like lifestyles yeah but then they like become to appreciate each other i feel like whatever ends up happening in the end i feel like one shouldn't sacrifice their like life philosophy or lifestyle for the other like i feel like there should be a way where they can both coexist even with their like differences yeah you know? yeah so i feel like that the, the latter can get kind of dangerous yeah 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 i think that's an unhealthy moral <laughs> <laughs> 
That's some good yeah. food for thought. But we have, in fact, reached the end of our first 20-minute segment, which means it's time for the midpoint reflection. For our second reflection question, what do you feel is missing from the story and why? I, I feel like we need to really develop the Chase and David individual philosophies and lifestyles more so. I think that's probably the most important thing. Because I feel like all their actions will derive from how they see the world. So if we have a solid philosophy for each of them, then their actions become more simple because we can always go back to that. Right. Cool. Well, in that case, 20-minute timer starts in 3, 2, 1. All right. Well, I think we need to look at David a little bit because he's a little underdeveloped because we talked about Jace a lot. So I think maybe we give him a very like strong, maybe like anarchistic sort of lifestyle. Like he's skipping class and whatever. He just doesn't really see big future for himself, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe he has some kind of like controversial opinions that people don't really like. He wonders why people don't seem to want to be with him. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm the best. But he's actually just kind of, you know, pushing people away by having his beliefs and being kind of you know, fixed in them by having those controversial opinions. What do you think his controversial opinion should be, though? What's this big thing that he distinguishes himself from everyone else that kind of pushes people away? I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is something about, like, sex education and, like, maybe the school is more, like, traditional and it's more, like, talks about, like, abstaining from sex, but he's, like, he's more on the opinion that, you know, we just need education and, like, that would be, that would be better. Something like that. No, I think that's the first thing that came to mind. Honestly, though, I think think that's that's pretty good because, yeah, you know, typically I feel like in a lot of in a lot of forms of media, it's like, oh, you know, the like sort of anarchist, like rebellious type. They're they're sort of like, I believe in like hedonism and and drugs and whatever. (laughs) But this person, he's actually just very like (laughs) passionate about there being a decent sexual education at the, probably like this <laughs> yeah. or, like I, I guess yeah i don't see him being like he doesn't care he's definitely like smart and like really just maybe just like bluntly logical mm-hmm. he's like here are the facts this is just what makes sense it's not like i have a better opinion than you yeah exactly mm-hmm. exactly no and i was actually thinking like that could be like the reason that people see- feel so opposed to him like he's got this teacher parent a parent that is a teacher so he's able to attend the school like for free and everyone's like oh my god like you know you're being so ungrateful for the fact like some of us have to pay for this school um and you're just like being super critical of it and like you're never going to get kicked out because you have like the privilege to, to to talk crap about it or whatever maybe that's sort of what makes chase sort of opposed to him in a way do mm-hmm. you think yeah yeah, because like David's kind of the just the the outsider of school, the the lonesome wolf, mm-hmm. and Chase's opposite of that. Yeah, he's like he's like the guy that um, <laughs> going back to musicals, he's the guy that like comes out and and starts the song in the cafeteria, and everyone else comes to join and dance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe this could be a musical, honestly. Oh, <laughs> it's not bad. I wouldn't say I'm opposed. I think, no, we should make it that. That would totally, no. We should do that. That's great because, yeah, you could have, you know, perspective of, like, David going 
And then, you know, first thing he encounters is like literally, yeah, Chase goes in the middle of the cafeteria and starts singing and everybody like rallies around him. <laughs> and that'd be this great characterization, you know, of like he's got the school under his thumb. Definitely. That says it all right there. Um, okay, so it's a musical now. I'm actually very happy about that. You need to write the songs. Yeah, every single one of them. <laughs> no, I think in the next ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, there, I think there should be like some really brooding songs that are like, you know, I can't believe that Chase, and I can't believe that David, or maybe oh, it could be like one of those things where like you know how there's those songs in musicals where like it's a duet, but they're not actually in the same physical space. Yeah, <laughs> mm, I love those. So they t- they talk yeah. about, they talk about how much they resent each other for the things that they stand for in that number. It's just so clear they're in love if we do that. You think that'd be that'd be showing our hand too early? No, that's why it's perfect. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I feel like we need we need then some kind of conflict or or maybe song where where David kind of shows this opinion about sex that he has and that's controversial to every everyone else. Maybe oh maybe I don't know. Maybe he says something during class or yeah, and then like everyone gasps. <laughs> <laughs> It's in health class. Yeah. Right. And the teacher's only talking about all you got to do is just abstain from sex and you'll be fine. Nothing bad will happen. He's like, no, 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 honey. That's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then maybe he could find himself like in, in detention or something. Yes. Oh my God. And then I feel like in detention, maybe he's like, just like, you know, bored sitting there and then he sees out the window into the hallway and he sees like Chase having some conflict with another character, you know? Ooh. Ooh. I don't know, a conflict with a, a classmate about uh, on a grade or something and they're just like, they're like fighting over it. Or maybe he's like arguing to another, a teacher about like, he should have gotten a better grade um, because of this, this, and this. And then, oh my God, wait. So then, so then David, Maybe he ends up like leaving the tension for some reason and he follows Chase. What if Chase is actually cheating on his exams because he feels so much pressure oh. to do well? David realizes that David's been cheating and then Chase is like, you gotta keep this a secret. Like my whole like career is like dependent on this. Then they have a secret. That is amazing. That's great. I love that. Okay, so he's cheating on his exams because he feels, yeah, he feels so pressured. That is, that's brilliant. And like Chase is really smart, but he like diverts his energy towards like the wrong thing. Mm. Yeah, no, he's like, he spends more time like figuring out clever ways to cheat than actually studying. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. (laughs) Wow. Okay, so yeah, then that would be their sort of their big thing. Oh my God, that'd be so interesting too, because then like in the eyes of the school, David is getting in trouble for doing something that's like morally a good thing, but then Chase is getting rewarded for doing something that's morally reprehensible. Oh, so good. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I guess really the the question to ask is what would be the next musical number after this this discovery? (laughs) I'm thinking a montage. Um, <laughs> yes like maybe it's a montage of like the next days or weeks and you see like chase just like you know being with his friends being more popular and like they pass each other in the hallways and david just like gives him a look like dude you know what you're doing is wrong you should stop but chase is like i have no choice and like just keeps being his popular self and keeps getting his good grades and 
David still, I think, made fun of and stuff. David's, like, trying so hard to advocate. Like, he's trying to, like, start a club or whatever. It can The divide continues to develop between them because he feels David feels like he's losing friends by standing up what, for what he cares for. But Chase is, like, gaining friends for basically being <laughs> a bad person. <laughs> it could be called Chase the Ace in a really sarcastic Ooh. way. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> And then maybe a low point comes. One of them gets really in serious. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe both of them do, but there's different consequences for both of them. Oh, they end up in detention at the same time. Then they gotta, they gotta start. Then they, then they can come to some sort of like pact or some sort of like agreement during this detention together yeah like maybe maybe david has like a frequent flyer at detention <laughs> yeah maybe he tries to, <laughs> he, maybe his club is a sex ed club that he keeps trying to start <laughs> and, <laughs> i don't know and they keep shutting um, it down but and they, <laughs> i feel like david needs a low moment too like what if something happens to chase like he's getting in real trouble and david has like the option to like save his back but then he doesn't yeah i like that direction a lot um i'm just gonna say straight up we have about three minutes left of our of our timer um if y'all feel interested in in continuing with the story a little bit after the timer i could set like another 10 15 minute timer if that was something that you'd be interested in i'm so down Okay. What about sure. you? Let's add another ten minutes. Let's add ten minutes. Sweet. So I'm gonna set thirteen minute timer, and we're just gonna go for it. <laughs> no, I just I, I want to keep exploring this story. <laughs> me too. Me too. Because yeah, I feel like where are we? Like we're probably at the midpoint, right? Yeah. Mhm. So this low thing that that David experiences. Ooh. What if it's like, okay, maybe it's earlier established, whether voluntarily or not, David ends up watching a sport, like, I don't know, some preppy sport like tennis that Chase just happens to be rugby. really good at. Yeah, rugby, something like that. Um, like, his parents tell him, like, hey, you should go to the, the games, like the rugby games, so that you can make more friends that way. And maybe in that, mm. he, like, sees that Chase is, like, a really good rugby player. And, I don't know, there could be, like, a moment where whether through probation or something like chase gets basically kicked off the rugby team and then i think that's oh continue no i was just gonna say and then when he's like sitting at the next rugby game just because it's sort of like a routine of his to go he just realizes that like it's just not the same without chase on it and that sort of is like his his moment where he's like hold on i gotta stand up for this this person and that could also be sort of like the oh my gosh i really like this person what if David sees Chase missing from the rugby game? And he's like, oh, that's kind of weird. I wonder why he's not there. Then he, like, goes away to, like, I don't know, get some popcorn or something. And he, like, sees Chase beating himself up over something. And he's like, looks really upset and, like, angry. And he, like, goes over to him or something. Yeah, maybe something happened or, like, he wasn't able to play. It could be an injury or... Maybe Chase gets injured because of David. Maybe David does something oh, kind of reckless. Oh, oh, this is good. I love that idea, David. 
And so he's sort of (laughs) (laughs) So then David feels guilty So he spends a lot of the rest of the time Of the story trying to help Chase Sort of like like Make make it right And then they can become closer (gasps) Because of that Wait, wait, wait What if it's like You know, David's really smart He's just never put his energy towards school And then he's like I can help help you with I can help you study And then he's like, Chase, you gotta help use your connections that you have with all these people so that my club can become a more prevalent thing on campus. Oh, that's that's perfect. That's good. I think that's like the structure. I think we've got all the structure really good. You want to like talk about the ending though, because I know we don't have as much time left. Okay, so they're helping each other out. Chase is getting better grades for real because David's helping him, and David's sex ed club is getting more people because Chase attends and like other people come. Oh, maybe maybe the cheating has to be revealed. I think that that's that's where I was that, leaning yeah, to definitely. And then that is what makes him miss out on his Ivy League chances. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Like he couldn't escape it in the end, even with David's help tutoring. His original misdeeds came back to haunt him. Mm-hmm. What if after the cheating incident happens, like, there's a really bad period, but then everything is a little better and Chase and David start being together and start having a more, like, romantic relationship. Then, like, the end of the school year comes and they're, like, graduating. And they, like, kind of had this, like, nice time together, but they realize that they need to, like, go separate ways. (sighs) And maybe they, they do go, like, they do part ways in the end. Oh, that's But they both have, like... But like you were saying, they still have like the the qualities from the other person that they're taking with them that are still that's making them a better person. So they're yeah. like they're not a couple anymore, but they still remember their experience and have and, some sort of like. And I'm yeah. I'm literally tearing up because what if there's like a reprise of that number where they were like <gasps> really the the duet number that they had where they were really angry oh. at each other, except the reprise oh. is like how much they loved each other. <laughs> oh, that's great. So that, okay, that's the ending. And we've got about four minutes. So I think maybe in the last four minutes, we can focus on how that, how the villain aspect of this all has developed. <laughs> <laughs> we made a really big jump from Krilla to <laughs> To Chavid. Chavid, man. I think we covered it pretty well. I think the whole time we were talking about how they conflict with each other. I know, but oh god, it's just so amazing how you know all those (laughs) things that were opposite ended up being beneficial. Oh god, sorry. I literally, I love this idea so much. I just have to say that. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) I want to see it made. Yeah, we we kind of started with from David. Yeah, I never. There was never a Chavid situation for me. I honestly hope that the term Chavid situation becomes prevalent <laughs> in pop culture. <laughs> the Chavid, Chavid situation. Okay, actually, how much time do we have? We have we have a minute left to give this musical a name. <laughs> I think the Chavid situation is definitely a contender. It definitely is. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, what if it's like what if there's something with the word chase as like a verb, you know? Mm. Like chasing the David. David. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Our time's up, by the way. Okay. Well, I think Ooh. maybe Chavid situation. The, yeah, I think that that's, <laughs> that's the working title. That's the yeah. working title. Yeah, that's the that's on the on the manuscript that we have. Well, should we get on the final reflection question? I think we should. All right. So, 
what are you proudest of? And how is that a result of a unique creative process? I'm proudest of the moment when we figured out that David and Chase can help each other in their own ways. And I also really liked how at the end, they are apart, but still connected in some way. I think that's what I'm most proud of. And then I have one more quick question. Can you tie your storytelling to the way you approach work in your major? I, I think a big part for creativity for me is being really curious about the things around me and pulling different disciplines and ideas together to form something really unique, especially with my engineering and circus like combo work. So I thought that applied to this story because I was, I liked drawing from my different experiences of life and combining it with your experiences as well. So um, that's, you know, that's the end of the interview. And before we sort of do our final remarks, I just wanted to give you the opportunity. And I'm sure probably people that have, have been listening this whole time would be very interested to know if there's any like projects or, or like social media that you would want to point them to so that they could see what you're working on and see what you're up to. Yeah, definitely. I think the, the best way to follow my work is just follow me on Instagram at surfossilot, S-I-R-F-O-S-S-I-L-O-T. And I have been starting to post my work more on there and I continue to plan to do so. Is your like acceleration art on there right now? It is. Some oh. of it is. I'm <laughs> working on, I have been compiling stuff to to post. So not not all of it is there yet, but in the next coming weeks there will be okay. Well some good stuff. <laughs> Looking forward to uh, it. Yeah, I'll definitely be checking that stuff yeah. out. Special thanks to the LMU IURP for funding this podcast and for helping us stay on a consistent schedule. If you are interested in opportunities for research or creative projects offered by LMU's undergraduate research program, visit academics.lmu.edu slash O-R-C-A. Also, special thanks to our mentors, Dr. Amy Ross Kilroy and Joshua Colmack butler And finally, if you'd like to be a guest on a future episode, or if you'd like to add any details to today's story for the chance to get a shout out on the next episode, we'd love to hear from you. Just email us at alwayswrite, that's always W-R-I-T-E-L-M-U at gmail.com, alwayswrite, L-M-U at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one. Bye.